Why, hello there, cartomancers and cartbarians alike. Shams Nelson here from Pen and Blade. Pen, Pen, and, Pen, Blade. Pen and Blade. episode of the Pen and Blade podcast. We're going to be talking about map drawing, and it's interesting that we're going to be talking about it instead of actually doing it and watching it, as you will find many videos on the YouTube channel about map drawing and uh, the different aspects there but this is going to be a purely like mental exercise and I'm going to go through the um, kind of like the order that I tend to use uh, when conceiving of a map and drawing it and I'll let you know like what parts I would when I would start drawing this and obviously there's lots of ways to draw a map but uh, this is a method that I uh, have fallen into and tend to really enjoy and uh, have a lot of fun with. Also, by the way, I just wanted to mention, because I was thinking about it when I did the little intro, um, what is it, Cart Cartomancy? Or uh, I think there's a book by that name, and I don't really remember but what was going on, but it was interesting that there was a magic system based on cartography using maps like pyromancy or whatever mancy you know means that you've got the uh, uh mancy uh, means that whatever the prefix is you're doing magic with that and so there was cartography magic and i don't recall how it worked but it was pretty cool if you guys remember let me know in a comment or something because maybe i'll reread that book i forget who it's by but i think the book is called cartomancy so anyways, let's move on to the topic at hand. We remember it was by the same author who did I, Jedi. Okay, now we're going, which I really like that book. Now we're moving on to the topic at hand. <laughs> All right, you guys. So there's five phases that I kind of outlined. So I guess I'll just read them right now. Um, and this is chronologically. Figuring out the scope of your map, the limits of your map, the central, the central location or region, the settlements, and then the trade routes. And I feel like if you do all that, you got a complete map and it's a really, I think, clean order to go in. So let's start at number one, the scope. So you can draw a map. That just means how, like, how much the map is going to show. So it could be as small as like a village or like a, even a smaller than a village. It could be a, just a little region with like one or two houses and a river or a stream and just some trees like a local map you're using for an encounter um, where you'd actually have your miniatures on that map and moving around or it could be as large as an entire world with multiple continents and I guess you could even do a map of like a universe or <laughs> I mean well I was I guess I should start with a solar system or a galaxy or a universe <laughs> um, but I'm not exactly sure how that would work but maybe I'll have to do that for fun uh it'd be interesting to map out a solar system or would it maybe it wouldn't be interesting that i'm thinking about it it would just be a few just be like five to ten to fifteen circles with names so you got to decide the scope of your world and maybe this will be informed by if you have a practical purpose for creating the map so maybe this is step zero are you creating the map just for fun are you creating it for dungeons and dragons campaign is it going to be a world map that you use is it going to be local to so what's the purpose of your map? I tend to just do maps for fun, so I guess that's why I skipped this step. I don't DM nearly as often as I would like to, but um, we're going to have to change that. I might start up a Patreon to do some dungeon dungeon mastering as well as uh, there'll be other perks and stuff, obviously. But all right, we'll see about that. So the scope of it. 
um, decide, you know, village to world to whatever. How big do you want this map to be? One of the main things that's going to influence is both the detail of your coastlines. If you do have coastlines, if it's not a fully inland map. And also this, the width and size of like rivers and the size of the mountains. I think the size of the mountains on your page will be the biggest indicator if they're really small you're going to have a huge map it's covering a large region if they're large mountains then it's covering a much smaller region and um, also you might have to decide which style if you want to go straight above but let's not talk about style here because that's very visual so let's move on to the second one. First thing is scope next you're going to decide the limits of your map and this is something that i really enjoy doing because for me i need to know what like i'm trying almost to create a microclimate in my world so unless i'm doing a whole even a whole continent as a microclimate because usually i don't consider too much the outside continents or the stuff that's outside the map maybe i'll put like some village some larger cities on the edge of the coast where i think okay there's going to be a large land mass to the west so i'll put a um, large city on the west coast and kind of consider that that is the main port city that does trade with this other continent but a lot of times they'll just say you know what this region is its own microclimate it doesn't really interact with the outside world in a significant way maybe one or two people come and go you know but it's not uh, contributing to the like economic and cultural um uh, landscape and society and all that stuff so so I try to create limits, and there's a few ways you can make limits. The first is coastlines. So one of the mo one of the things I did was create the pirate map book because I really wanted to draw a lot of islands because that is the cleanest way to create um, limits and borders to your map. So it's just an island, you know, it's got its own little life, it's got its own little culture, and you can kind of stay, um, you know, keep things from getting out of hand and really focus and get into the details, which I think are fun then you could also use mountains. So anything that's kind of difficult to cross, that would be a good way to set limits. So you've got coasts, obviously, mountains, uh, forests. So a thick forest would be very, you know, would create a natural barrier. A desert, a large desert, uh, would also create a natural barrier, like the Sahara Desert kind of created, um, you know, North Africa and the Southern, you know, the rest Sub-Saharan Africa, as they call it, Sub-Saharan, because the Sahara is a very big, um, what's it called, thing that, uh, barrier and, and limit to the creating a upper African region, North Africa and Sub-Saharan Africa. They kind of have different cultures. And interestingly, I'm actually half Nubian. And Nubia was the Nile River is the one the river that flows from Lake Victoria down in the south all the way up to Egypt. So it flows north uh, south to north in Africa. And uh, it's one of the few rivers that flows south to north for some reason. But also Nubia is right in the desert south of Egypt, so south of North Africa, but north of Sudan and sub-Saharan Africa. And it was like the corridor for trade between these two regions. So if we were to draw like North Africa, I draw, uh, I'd pretty much consider like all of North Africa, like a microclimate basically, and not really think of how the Southern sub-Saharan Africa is affecting that area but then I would put like Nubia uh you know I put some villages down there and kind of in my mind to be like okay that is the the um what's it called the buffer zone between sub-Saharan African supply of uh, resources and culture so that's going to be in like different kinds of animals and uh, minerals and resources that come from down there and the north which has its own 
culture and resources. So that Nubian area might be a little bit of a melting pot between the two. Um, and then the rest of the region would kind of have its own uh, isolated culture and econ uh, uh, economy. So that's what I'm thinking for limits. And this is sometimes where I usually like to start drawing. I don't you often think of, because in my mind, I almost go chronologically when creating a map. So the earth came before the things that were on the earth. So the geography and stuff, you know, can be created independently. You can draw a cool map without any villages or civilizations, probably do it in pencil, or if you're on your, uh, you know, you're doing it digitally, then you're good. But uh, you can draw on the whole map with all the regions, all of the, uh, all the, you know, uh, ge geographical, ecological stuff. And then you figure out, okay, now humans are going to show up at some point. Um, where would they want to settle? And that brings us to the next phase. So first we decided on the scope. Then we chose the limits of our map so that we can't have people going off off of the map too often and so that we have a kind of contained um, uh, economical and cultural world. Then I would like to choose the central location or region. So if it's a larger map, it might be a whole kingdom. If it's a smaller map, it might be one city. Um, but the idea is that that is the city and usually it'll be somewhat centrally located on the map, though not always. Like let's say there's some mountains on the west that you can't really go past. It could be all the way on the west side of the map. Um, but usually it'll be a place where that's kind of like who the person who drew the map. So when I think of map drawing, I'm thinking I'm not drawing it. This is actually a map drawn by someone in the world itself. And that person has a, you know, a bias and a perspective and a background. If he's from this city, he's probably going to map the areas around that city or that are important to that city. And like maybe if he's from a human city, he might put some orc villages, but he might not know the name of the orc villages. So they might not have names or he might only put a few orc villages, but there'll be more uh, human villages, more detail, like he'll only do the largest orc towns, but he'd even do the small villages in the human settlements, stuff like that. You can start to think of or maybe he doesn't know where the orcs is. It says orc lands in that area because you don't know where all the orc, orc villages are. He's not going up into those lands, you know, mapping out everything, risking his life, trying to figure out where each little village is. So that's why I like to think and then the opposite might be true. You could have orc things. And they might actually that would be a fun thing. I should do that. Uh, I haven't done that yet. Draw on a map from like the orcs perspective or from like, you know, and quote unquote evil races perspective so that the humans are like this unknown, you know, like the manlands. And then it's like, don't go into the manlands there. You don't want to mess with them. Uh, so that's so that's the next thing. So who's the creator of the map, whether it's a region or an individual or a town, like what is a central location? And then once I've decided on that, then I'm going to put in the rest of the settlements. So that's the fourth step. So we've decided on the scope, we've set the limits, we've decided who the central who the map maker is, a central location or region that the map maker is coming from. And then we're going to place all the settlements. And there's a lot of like I feel like this is one of the most fun parts because you get to imagine where like you you can like you are in this world you're a dude walking around you're like all right i can just start a city i could just start a city and then 100 200 1000 years people are going to be living here so i better choose a good spot you know so a little bend in the river oh do i want to be by a forest so we got lots of lumber but then like these crazy magical creatures who live in the forest might mess with me i want to be on the edge of a mountain where there might be mineral resources and a little bit more protected from the winds and the elements perhaps 
um, maybe up in the mountains because there's some spiritual significance or it's just beautiful or it's safe up there. Does my city have walls? Am I near? If you're by the Orklands, you're probably more likely to have walls around your city because you need to be safer. But if you're in the middle of a human kingdom that has its own, you know, uh, feudal uh, army and all that stuff, maybe you don't need a wall if you're more a smaller thing in the in the middle of that kingdom. Um, are there where the locations like Helm's Deep, where if there's like a hue, if there's a raid on the entire kingdom, where does everyone flee to? Is there a mountain keep? Is there a castle on a hill? Um, those kind of questions, like, I don't know, this, it goes on forever. A lot of times, some things to keep in mind might be that um, usually by water, you'll have more wealthy uh, settlements, which also tends to mean that there'll be larger ones because people will move there in hopes of becoming more wealthy so like by and this is because you can transport goods by rivers and oceans and uh also that they yield a lot of uh, resources like fish and they have water for growing food and stuff like that so that's and then also another thing to consider is maybe there's like oh so maybe they live in the forest if it's like a wood elf type people or maybe they live in the desert if there's some kind of people or dwarves live inside the mountains so considering different races or um cultures and what they would prefer and how they might do things differently and then you'd say oh maybe there's elves here and humans here how do they interact is this city have a lot of half elves because it's right in between do they not allow that to happen because they're very strict about not wanting to interact or mix their cultures are they at war maybe there's a large wall or castles facing each other that are constantly doing battle or there's a river that defines their borders and they kind of you know battle on there so i mean infinite possibilities Maybe I have to do a whole nother podcast on that kind of stuff because that's always fun to consider and, um, you know, talk about and just let your mind wander and go crazy. I wonder if I could do a podcast where I like world like I've done this with videos for sure on the pen and blade YouTube channel where I'll draw a world and I'll world build it and create a whole world while I'm drawing it. I'm not sure if it would work as well on a podcast, but I shall consider it. And if you guys have any suggestions for topics and stuff you think it would be interesting for me to talk about on this podcast or maybe even make a video on, let me know. And also, if there's a way to rate and review these podcasts and you enjoyed it, I would much appreciate uh, you know that because that's going to help get the word out. So I think that's it. I hope you guys are out there drawing maps right now, probably drawing it while I'm speaking. That's the right way to do it. I should have told you guys that at the beginning. Hmm, it's okay. Alright, well, I guess that's it. Until next time, everyone. Peace, God bless, and stay fantastic.